This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Red Wings trying to get the sweep. Three seconds left into the zone. The Detroit Red Wings on the standing pass. Shot in on the new goaltender, Eddie Mio, in goal. Look at that old school mask. And that's something. He's a brave man. Hey, that catch it down. He's in. Six scores. Kalima. Coats are Probert, though. That's the main one here. These are good friends. You rarely ever see Coaster and Probert go at it. Most of the former Red Wings. And welcome to episode three, the terrible, horrible snowstorm of 2016, which is causing a little bit of disruption with our schedule. We'd like to thank you all for staying with us. We're starting a little bit late, which means we're going to go right in to our interview. We've got on the line the one, the only, number 33. We'd like to welcome in Chris Draper. Drapes, how are you, brother? I'm doing well. How about yourself today? You know what? I can't complain. Before we get into anything else, I got to ask a question because being at practice with you yesterday down at the Joe, the yeah. I'm looking at your team and there was you and Maltby and Coser, the the grind line, and then yeah. you had Chelios and Larianov. Can you tell yeah. me how you lost that first game? Um, let's see. They Mickey Redman was really good. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not quite sure. Um, I think we weren't, uh, Maltz wasn't prepared to start on time, and uh, we just, uh, we, weren't, we weren't good enough, and we have to be better. And then we were pure domination in the second game, and then we lost our sub, Chris Chelios. So it was basically six against four, and we ran out of gas. Well, you know, that leads into it. As you guys have all been preparing for the game in Colorado, obviously. How long have you been practicing on this one as opposed to the alumni showdown back in 2013 against Toronto? Yeah, probably pr- pretty similar skates. I know... Um, Probably the first two guys to reach out for and asking if I could set up some skates and get some ice were Dino Cicerelli and Larry Murphy, and that probably was towards 
um, end of end of January. So I would probably say end of January up until yesterday was was our last skate, and uh, for the most part, we were probably going about three times a week, um, depending on uh, Al Savaka setting us up with ice at the Joe, which he does a fantastic job, obviously taking care of us. So um, you know, as long as long as there was ice at the Joe, we were able to we were able to get it. It was great, even. Even yesterday it was game day, Detroit pregame skate, uh, Columbus had a pregame skate, and then Al had us uh, set up for one o'clock. We were able to go out, probably skated for about sixty-five minutes. So it was uh, it was great. A lot of as you uh, as you witnessed, there was uh, a lot of laughs and a lot of smiles, and uh, you know, always always have a good time when I'm out on the ice with uh, my former teammates and good friends. You know, I did notice that um, you had very politely asked Bill Roos to tweet out your goal. But I didn't see oh, out there on. <laughs> I didn't I see that so. out there on Twitter. <laughs> it didn't go out. <laughs> no, um, maybe it was just a mistake. Because I remember when we were doing the uh, Toronto practices, there was at least three times where it was the new me. I want that out there right now. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, you, you, you can't. Don't forget, I I didn't play in the in the social media days, so. When I do something instantly, when I did something that I was very proud of yesterday, I might add, um, and I did kind of surprise myself how that all played out. Um, I was hoping that it would it would go viral, and um, it didn't. And I will definitely have a talk with Bill Roos about that for sure. You know what? I, I'm going to Photoshop something, and we're going to try and make that um, go viral just for you. How about that? I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, one of the questions that um, not a question is. Uh, Drapes, you think you can you can play still? No, you know what, Drapes, we've got in studio with us number eighty-five, Peter Klima. Oh, hey, Peter, how are you? <laughs> how you doing? Um, you know what? I wish I was. I wish I was able to play in the three-on-three. I was watching that last night, and it just looked. It looked like those guys were having so much fun, so much space. Uh, obviously, guys that can skate are having a lot of fun out there. So. That would have been fun to be able to do that, but um, you know, I I'm around uh, you know the NHL guys and watching us play, and geez, they're just you know they're 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 so big and they're so strong. Um, I would say at uh, 44, almost 45, that uh, I got out of the game at the right time, no doubt about it. Okay, tell me a little bit about the genesis of how this game with Colorado came about, because as you were saying in the locker room yesterday. Um, there was a bonus due to you for setting all this up and putting the team together. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, to be honest with you, um, I was actually driving to a playoff game, uh, OHL playoff game with Ken Holland and Ryan Martin, and Ken was on the phone with the league, and they were throwing out uh, the idea that Detroit and Colorado were going to play in a, a stadium series game, and then threw out the idea of uh, of an alumni game and. Uh, uh, then, so that, that Ken kind of, you know, mentioned that to me and, and we just kind of started talking about, you know, the teams from, you know, then the, obviously the hit in 96 and then the teams, you know, for, for the Detroit Red Wings, you know, 97 through 2002, when the rivalry was at its best and at it, at its heated, most heated. Um, and then I saw Joe Sackick at the draft and I talked to him about it. He had a big smile on his face saying, you know, how excited, you know, he was to, to be a part of it. And, and he just kind of said, you know, I, 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 for his team, they were going to get, you know, the teams through 96 and, and 2002 and, and, you know, kind of said, you know, if that would be great if you could do 
the same thing is get uh, get the players that were obviously uh, part of of the rivalry and and that's really how it how it started and and Ken um, you know gave me the the responsibility to to reach out to the players and and ask them if they wanted to play. So it's your responsibility. I just as I was driving into the studio, I was talking to DMAC on the phone. They're sitting on a tarmac, getting still trying to um fly out. So it's your responsibility that Cicerelli and McCarty are playing together, number one, and then flying together, number two? Uh, and well, apparently they're not flying yet, so I guess that is my responsibility. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, it was, um, you know, obviously Dino is part of, uh, of, of 96, and he has his, uh, you know, famous famous quote after after the game in, in 96, and obviously Mac, everyone certainly knows uh how he was such a, a, a huge part of the rivalry and everything that uh, that, that he did. Um, so yeah, so those guys basically, I you know, and, and to be honest with you, um, the the phone calls were were pretty quick. I just kind of invited the guys and 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 they pretty well jumped at the opportunity to play. I think a lot of us had we knew we were going to have fun against Toronto. Uh, I think we with the outdoor game and the atmosphere and being able to play at Comerica Park, I think everyone really really enjoyed themselves and to have an opportunity to do it again. Um, and then certainly throw into the mix that we're playing against Colorado. I think guys uh, guys were certainly excited about that and. We're playing. We get an opportunity to play, you know, together again, um, which we, uh, you know, we've great teammates and great friendships. And then you put into the mix that we're playing Colorado, and you put in the mix that we're playing at Coors Field, an outdoor game. It just makes for uh, for for a great uh, great couple days for for all of us. Uh, you know, the game's been so good to us, and we certainly miss the game. And um, now we have an opportunity to kind of hang around the dressing room, and the buildup was good. We had great turnouts. To, to the skates, you know, for basically the, you know, the, the four weeks that, that we skated and, and guys were excited about it. And, and there's been a lot of talk about this team. And um, I know I'm looking forward to it. It seems there's, there's a lot of, a lot of players on both sides that are looking forward to it. And, I, and there's a lot of fans that are looking forward to it as well. So I think, um, you know, whatever Coors Field holds, I think it's, you know, they're talking anywhere from, you know, 40 to 44,000. Like I think those numbers wise, it, it seems like uh, you know we're going to have a, a pretty good showing on Friday night for our game. Well, they did just announce yesterday that Channing's part of the crew now, and of mm-hmm. course the um, number nineteen. Uh, what was that? The president called him Steve Azierman. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Stevie Y <laughs> is going to be there. So, uh, how how did Shanahan get involved in the mix at the last minute? Was he always just kind of on the fence, or we just knew he was coming? No, um, I talked to the same thing, kind of reached out to him early, and at first uh, he he was in, and then I saw him, our last exhibition game, we played in Toronto, and, you know, probably with, you know, with, with everything that he had going on with, uh, you know, his responsibility and, and his role with the Toronto Maple Leafs, he just kind of told me, uh, you know what, Drapes, it's, it's something that I'm not going to be able to do, so I was like, uh, you know, I, I understand, I, I totally understand with, uh, with you know, with, with how busy, you know, guys are and what they're doing and, and, and that kind of stuff and, and said, you know, I, I get it. And so that was really, that was the last conversation that I had had with Shani. And that was probably the first week in October um, about the game. And he said no. And then, you know, just kind of, you know, started getting players to come and commit and, you know, guys were saying yes. And, and the lineup was coming together nicely. And, uh, Friday night, I was actually out uh, in Birmingham at Cameron's restaurant for um, 
for my son's 14th birthday. And that's a nice plug for blue, you. Yeah. Out of the blue, I got a I got a text from from Brendan Shanahan saying that uh, you know that he wanted to play. He goes, I hope it's not too late. Um, I wanna I wanna play. Um, you know, it's something that if I know if I don't do it, I'd regret. You know, not playing in the game. And basically, that's uh, that's how Shanny came about. So, uh, you know, uh, that's uh, was a big part of um, you know our success, a big part of us winning three Stanley Cups. So, um, you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad he decided to come. Well, I, you know, what, just um, just a couple more quick questions. Uh, the question for fight night at the Joe. Now, did you scrap with anybody that night? I did not. So, but at least you were there, unlike Joe Koser, who had the sniffles and said he had to go home. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, listen, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not commenting on that one. Joe, uh, Joe bailed me out of a lot of situations uh, over my uh, over my career with him. So, uh, yeah, you know, I just I remember I, it was I was almost like I think I was walking into the game and he was leaving. Um, yeah, you know, and obviously, uh, you know, I I know. You know, Joe, he's an absolute warrior. and Absolutely. Um, We're going to have you know, Joe in studio way. next week. So I figured okay. I'd just prime that because I know yeah. it's going to get back to him. And, you know, with his big hammer paws, I'm sure one of them is going to be around my neck. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying anything. Just for your safety, I'm not saying anything <laughs> uh, at, at all about that. So, um, Drapes, I'll, um, I'll, leave, I'll, I'll leave that one alone. Yeah. All right. All right. I want to thank you for calling in. I want you to travel safe. Are you traveling with the team? I'm flying out tomorrow, yeah, 2.30, yep. All right, we will look for you on Friday night. Uh, be safe, and we'll see when you get back. All right, Newman, Peter, thank you very much, and okay. uh, you guys uh, enjoy this wonderful Michigan weather, absolutely. Okay, that was Chris Draper calling in. Uh, what we're going to do, we are going to take a quick break as we get set up for our next guest, and we're going to try and get Eddie on the phone to talk a little bit with Peter Klima, and we'll see you in two shakes of Lambsdale. I don't understand it, and it frustrates me. Why are people still taking drugs, getting injections, and having unnecessary surgeries? Why are you? Are you ready to start living a pain-free life? Do yourself a favor and call Pain-Free Life Centers today, 248-879-1100. For years, you've been hearing me talk about the benefits of laser therapy. It's totally non-invasive, and it's been cleared by the FDA. I challenge you, no I'm begging you, give me the opportunity to give you a better quality of life. Call the office today. Come on, what are you waiting for? Start living a better quality of life today. Go to painfreelifecenters.com or call 248-879-1100. We're so confident in what we do, we're going to give you a free consultation and a free treatment. You have nothing to lose but the pain, so lose it. Pick up the phone. Do it now. This is a previously recorded episode. And we're back. And the great thing is, during that extended break, we were able to set up Peter Kleeman. We were actually able to set up. Welcome to the studio, Eddie Mio. Well, thank you. Thank you. Is it really rough out there? Uh, it, no, it's not rough. <laughs> it's not rough. But I waited 45 minutes downtown Detroit <laughs> on 75. To get to 8 Mile because there's a cop and one car way out on the shoulder. How does that happen? It happens a lot. Why do we have to look at 
stupidity on the right-hand side and back you up to downtown Detroit. Now, was it Detroit police or Michigan State police? Detroit police. You know, that would never— It doesn't matter whether it's police or not. It's the drivers. You know what, Eddie? We don't care. Yes, I do. Let's get on with the show. I do. I do. (laughs) Because it's about time anyone out there that has experienced this frustration of bumper to bumper, and there really is—the roads were fine. It's raining. That's all it is. It's raining. Roads are fine. But I'm sick and tired of people watching the red light and thinking they have to stop. Let's get on. So okay. right now we're going to go on. Eddie's a little Thank fired up, but he's calming <laughs> down a little up bit. Because but I'm we're, tired of it. But we're glad to have you in studio. Thank I you was very much. So afraid. I heard the Drapes uh, interview went great. Uh, Drapes, you know, he's always um, an affable fellow. I he just, gave us a little bit of the history of how the game came about and you know what they're up to right now. What are you talking about history? He wasn't even around when history. I was around when history was being played. Did they have the Avalanche back when you played? We had the Colorado Rockies. Not the baseball club, right? No. Don and Cherry. Don Cherry coached them. Well, where did the Rockies go to? New Jersey. The Devils. Okay. Whatever you want to call them. Yes, the Devils. Well, they were called something else. No, they were not. They were never called. Right, Peter? Oh, we got Peter Cleanland. Yeah, yeah. I might uh, go uh, home. No, no. I just, <laughs> I just want to keep talking because Peter has got nothing to say. Okay? Not yet. No. Peter has very we're much to say. We're not going to let you talk. And we are very, very fortunate to welcome in Mr. Number 85, Mr. Peter Klima. Peter, welcome into the studio. And Peter is awesome. Brought in his lovely daughter, Jesse. Jesse Klima, say hello, Jesse. Hey. So, Peter, what, what are you up to right now? Where are you living right now? I'm living in Boston. Yeah, and what are you doing in Boston? Not, nothing much. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still coming back. You're playing with the um, the Red Wing alumni. Yeah. And then how many games per year do you play with the Red Wing? I think uh, around, uh, what, Eddie, uh, 30 games? I think this year we had 24. 24? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We around did have 30, 30 last year. We cut back a little bit. But let, let Peter talk a little bit about the reason he's in Boston, okay? He actually had a job, well, pretty much 90%, to work for the Boston Bruins. And that's why you moved there, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, and that didn't fall through, but he decided to stay there. That's a credit to Peter. You know? It's an absolute credit to yeah. Peter. Now, Peter, the great thing about your history, though, is you played the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did that work out for Boston? Not too, not, not very good to me. <laughs> So you hold the record still, correct? Yes. For the longest goal in overtime in Stanley Cup Finals. No. All right. So no, it was nineteen ninety. Th- that was what two years ago. What are you looking at me for? <laughs> I wasn't playing back then. <laughs> yeah, I think it was nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Yeah. So which game was that? Do you recall? That was the first game in uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals. So you had come off. It's the third overtime. Do you want to tell the story of how you ended up? On the ice in the third overtime with such fresh legs. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know what? Can I say the PR word? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, you're a prick. Thank you. (laughs) No, that was, um, you know, obviously I didn't play much. Uh, uh, One of my linemen, he got hurt, and then we didn't play. And uh, every period we went to dressing room. And Mark Messier said, Peter, we need you. We need you. 
be ready. And I look at him, yeah, okay. And then after not, not, a, not a period ended, Mess came and said, Peter, we need you. I, I said, well, this fucking guy. <laughs> I'm not playing. And then I score, and he said, I told you so. So that. that he was, you know, he said, after that, he said, like, uh, this is a team thing. That's what I learned. You cannot win the Stanley Cup without the team. Well, what's the old Yeah, story? but how long did it take you? What, period and what? In overtime? Three. Three periods, uh-huh. and, and it's still a team thing? I think everybody was, they were tired, and they finally said, there's a skilled player sitting on the bench. He's got three periods. Let's just put him out there and let's see. Sure enough, he goes, I remember the game. I watched it. And he goes out. He scores the goal. What did you say to the – did you say anything to uh, – who was it at the time? Muck? No, it wasn't Muckler. Who was the coach? Muckler. Muckler? Uh-huh. Did you say anything to him? No, I didn't. Just walked off and yeah, yeah. pounded I your was chest? Three o'clock in the morning, I was still, <laughs> still walking around in my, you know, all, all dressed up. And uh, Muckler said the next thing, oh, Peter is not going to play anymore. Because you scored the goal. Uh-huh. I know John Muckler, and I, I, what Peter's saying right now, I like Muck, okay? He was a hard ass, okay? And for him to say something like that to Peter, I believe it. Because he's you, he proved Muck wrong. And there's one thing you don't do. You don't prove a coach wrong. Who was he? <laughs> and I don't think, did he think, by putting you out there, he was just giving the other guys a rest, right? And you go out there and score. No, they needed a goal. Okay. All right. You can pound yourself <laughs> wow, on the chest. There you go. Yeah. The point is, he threw you out there thinking, okay, we'll rest the line, and you went out and scored. No, no, Eddie. He didn't put me out there to just have another shift. No? Because I didn't have a shift in I know three that, hours. But he wanted to rest the guys, right? No. I mean, you're talking three periods. Figure, okay, we'll put Peter Klima and a couple guys out there, you know, do the 30-second thing. And bingo, come back on. I'll put, I'll play mess and all them again. And yeah. you scored the goal. Well, so that's what, what I'm saying. But, but he, he would get mad at you. I know Muck. He's that well. That's my guy. question. Then yeah. I guess for the both of you, who was tougher to deal with, Muck or Slats? John Muckler. For me, it was John Muckler. Yeah, um, Slats maybe for me. Yeah, and Slats is Glenn Sather. Glenn Sather. Yeah, yes. and right, Muck so. is John Muckler. Peter, you came to Detroit in 1985. You were drafted in 1983. So was your first full season with Detroit in 1985? Yes. Now, you had defected. Yes. And so tell me a little bit about your transition to the United States and how you got to the United States. Well, you know, obviously it was it was hard. It was hard, um, you know, coming here and uh, not speaking the language. I had Eddie. He helped me out. <laughs> I don't know how much I helped you. I yelled at you all the time. No, it, it, you know what? This is a great story, and Peter's right. got to tell it. And, and not interrupt because we were sitting in the Detroit Red uh, dress room knowing that we had this guy coming. We didn't understand how he got here. And Peter, tell him. Well, I got here. There was... It was well. It was emotional. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
coming from Czech national team, um, I lost, you know, like when I decide to come, I lost my name, my family, my friends, everything in one split second. I'm not Peter, I'm Peter. And then, uh, you know, I just wanted to play, play hockey and... What do you remember most about your time in Detroit? Meeting me? No, I'm yeah, Mr. Mr. Illich. <laughs> Mr. Illich? Mm-hmm. Now, you were partnered with uh, Proby for a little while, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Mr. Illich really took care of us. He really was there for me because he was Yugoslavian and I was Czech. I need help. I, you know, I got in trouble and when I was my early years, he was always there for me. So how long were you in Edmonton? Four years. Four years. So four years Detroit, four years Edmonton. And then where did you go after Edmonton? I went to uh, Tampa. Tampa Bay. Now, after Tampa, what was your last NHL team? Detroit. Oh, that's right. You did. Uh, we were talking about that. I came, yeah. I, I came, came back. back, yeah. I came back and I scored my first goal and the last goal with the Red Wings. No, okay. I so proud Eddie, of it. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, this is where you got to school me. And then you played over in Europe. I thought after you that. did your homework. I always do my homework. Yeah, well, obviously, you missed this one. <laughs> <laughs> did you go play in Europe after the NHL? I, I a little bit, yeah. I went to my hometown, yeah, a little bit. How was that going back to your hometown to play hockey after leaving? It was okay. okay. But you know what? Uh, my my life my life was here. So He's, uh, I think what what Numi's trying to get at, how was the reaction when you got back? Your first time going back to Czechoslovakia. After defecting, you hadn't been back for what? 14, 15 years, something like that? 20. 20? 20, yeah. 20. So what was the reaction? That I was not, they, they didn't welcome me. They didn't welcome me. They didn't welcome me. Still had a grudge? I, I, yeah. So you're, you're back now. Um, you've lived in the Detroit area for a while. You're in Boston. You have two boys that are playing organized hockey, Kelly and Kevin. Tell me a little bit about what those two are up to. Well, you know, they just they they grew up here. They they're totally different than me because you know, like um, because I was coming from Europe, and they they just they just totally different. Where are they playing now? They play in the Moncton Wildcats. Yeah. All right. Which uh, which league is that? Quebec League. Quebec Junior A. Yeah. Okay, Major so Junior. That's part of the CHL? Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's the best brand of hockey uh, that you're going to get in Canada. And uh, Your one son, did he, uh, am I right or wrong, five goals in one game? What was it, uh, the article that I read about two months ago? No, he, he, you know, they score. They, they, um, other than that, they can fight. That wasn't the point. But remember you and I, we sat, and you were very proud of the fact there was an article. One boy was scoring or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, 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 
How no, many no. points in one game? You can, hey, brag. Brag about your son. I, I don't want to. You can. <laughs> this is a radio show. Come on. No, okay. You can do well, it. They, uh, one, of, one of them, he can't fight. <laughs> because I couldn't. Yeah, but fighting is not allowed anymore. <laughs> so they better be scoring goals like Peter Klima used to do. Yeah. All right, here's what we're going to do. Um, we've got a technical issue I've got to address real quick. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to finish up the show. Jeff Morton, director of Pain-Free Life Centers of Michigan. Winter in Michigan can be hard on anyone, but it can be unbearable if you're living with chronic pain. The cold, the aches, the slippery sidewalks all feel like they're out to get you, but there is a way to fight back. Pain-Free Life Centers has the non-invasive pain treatment you have been looking for, without the drugs, the injections, and without surgery. Stop your pain today with an FDA-cleared laser therapy that not only fights your pain, it helps heal the source that is causing the pain in the first place. We're so confident in what we do, we offer a no-cost consultation and your first treatment completely free. Stop living in pain and enjoy winter for a change. What are you waiting for? Call 248-879-1100 or visit painfreelifecenters.com. That's 248-879-1100 or visit painfreelifecenters.com today. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. Not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we skate. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Dan, we fixed all the little goblins, the glitches, and everything else. Once again, I want to thank Jessica, our producer. No problem. My pleasure. You're a rock star. Aw. You guys are Jessica. too kind. We have another Jessica here. Yeah, we got Jessica. Oh, Jessica great too. name. You know, um, real quick, Eddie, you went, to, um, you went to the game last night? Yes, I did. Knew me. Uh, it was Nick Lidstrom night again. Yes, it was. I, had, I got to see him up in the Legends room. Talked to him very briefly. They're on their way to Colorado. And uh, he looked great. Looks like he can still play. You know what? When Chelios was on the ice yesterday at practice, um, the one that they just couldn't – you're too good. They need to be able to score goals, and you're going to keep all the goals out during the practice. Um, but of what course. you didn't hear is I was giving it to Draper pretty good. Draper's team was the original grind line, Maltby, Draper, and Koser. And then oh, they yeah, had a lot of skill on that line. <laughs> <laughs> they could do fuck. That's why I wish they I was here score. for Drake. I would have <laughs> given it to him. And then they had Chelios and Larianov, right? And they lost the first game to Mickey and Dino and Sergey uh, Samsonov, who was skating all over the oh, place. Again. Sergey, he, well, can, he can handle them all on his own. So that yeah. leads back, you know, you're looking, you know, Chelios was running everywhere. He was a little winded at points, you know, him and Coaster both. But, you know, wh- what's your thoughts on the team right now? What, Especially with the goaltending. The current Red Wings right now. You know what? 
I've had a few discussions right now. I think they're overvalued in the talent. Okay, that's why people are wondering why can't they just keep the consistency going and keep winning. Okay, you really got to understand. There's still Zetterberg and Detsuk. Okay, those are your two top guys. Now you got Larkin who came out of nowhere. All right, so you give him a little skill. Nyquist and Tatar have not shown me anything this year. Okay, where did they go? That's the point is, I think we overvalued the talent as as the public, okay, as the fans. They're thinking they should be there. Because I've had people come to me, Jeff Blashell isn't doing a very good job. I says, he's doing a great job. He's got what he's got, okay? Now you got the kid, and I'm not going to say his name, but 72, Anthony Nuzio. Double A. Double A. Double A. Boy, is he showing me something. Last night, Sheehan and, and Antonuzio, double A, came to play. I mean, they brought skill. They brought some speed. All right? You got to admit, if, it, if it's not for Morazic right now, that team wouldn't be close to making the playoffs. Well, you know, Kenny Holland took a lot of grief last season for saying, you know, it's not the kids or the kids aren't going to get us. What was his – Comment, you know, kids aren't the answer. That's kids aren't the answer, right. 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 So, and everybody was just brutalizing Babcock on it for not playing him. And Kenny Holland saying, they don't know what they're doing. You need to just let the kids play. Now, based on what you're saying, they're letting the kids play. Nyquist is not living up to billing this year. You know, Tatar has kind of Glendenning. You know, these kids are not playing. And But if you look at it, even Datsuk and Zetterberg are not playing to the level that we're accustomed to. So what do you see is the glimmer of hope? I do believe they're going to make the playoff. You believe they're going to make the playoffs? Yeah, I do. I All do. right. How far do they Still go? going to be tough. Well, listen, Peter, Peter, Peter can talk on this just as I can. Once you get to the playoffs, it's a whole new ball game. Exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah. Hey, Peter? Mm. There's, see, what people don't realize, you're not getting paid for the playoffs. Your contract runs out April 6th or whenever the last game is. Now – what you're doing is playing for yourself and your team in the city. Okay, the further you go, yes, there's bonuses, there's league bonuses, whatever. But now it's a matter of pride. So once you get to the playoffs, am I right, Peter? Yeah. Now yeah. it becomes a team thing. Everybody, you're going to the rink knowing that you're not under any structure. Really, you're under just to go out and play and hopefully win. Well, let me ask that question then, as just a casual or a general fan. You're saying April sixth, the paychecks run out. Yeah. Right now, is that part of the collective bargaining agreement? Oh yeah, you're only paid till the end of the regular season game. So these guys, are, unless it's changed, I don't think it's changed. Yeah, no, it didn't. It hasn't changed. You know, you're not kidding. You, you're playing for yourself now. The players. I, I should say it yourself. You're playing for your team. This is where, if you've got a close knit community in that dressing room, this is where everybody's going to have your back. They're going to pat you on. You're going to get. If Stevie Eisenman was right here, one of the good traits that he had, and Peter played with Stevie after mm. I left. Yeah. Stevie was only three years pro when I left, but Peter got to play with him as he grew. You would be accountable to Steve Eisenman, okay? The years we were winning the pros, you were accountable to Chris Chelios, Stevie Eisenman, Brendan Shannon, all, Brett, uh, Brett Hall. And if you were a kid coming in and you didn't put 150% into the playoffs, you got run out of that locker room. Were you yeah. able to put a playoff bonus into your contract? It is. It's automatic in there. Yeah, into your individual contract. Yes, it's in there. The further you go, 
Okay. And what you, it, it, it's almost like a separate season. Let's say it's a separate season, except now it's all performance-based. Now, if you get through the first round, the league pays you something or the team, whatever, whoever pays you. But you get through the first round, you get through the second, you get through the third. You win the Stanley Cup, I think, what is it now, 150000 a man? I don't know. So, when was it when you won? Mm, not that not that much. No, but also that was what, 90, 92, 1990, yeah. 1990. So now we're talking 2016. So whatever he made, double it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what we're trying to say is now you're playing – for your team. It's not an individual sport. It's a team sport. And everybody, bottom line is, get a hot goaltender. And, and how many times have we seen in the history of It's of always NHL? about the goalie. <laughs> but how many times, <laughs> but Peter, how many times have we seen in a playoff uh-huh. where the star is a guy on a third or fourth line? Marshawn from Boston, the year they won. Where did he come from? But he was the star, scoring goals like crazy. This is comes from in here. It's called the heart. If you don't have the heart to play in the playoffs, you are going to lose. If you don't have all your team on the same page, meaning that heart is leading, you're not going to go anywhere. You can take a last place team. How many? You know. Yeah. Last place team and gone way up. Yeah. And people said, where did they come from? So – once it gets to the playoff, it's a whole new game. I don't care if you end up in first or you end up in eighth. It's a whole new ball game. Well, and with that, that's going to end that little Red Wing recap. We're going to, as we go forward, we're going to drill down a little bit more into the NHL and what's going on. Um, once again, we want to um, thank Peter for coming in, but more importantly, I want to thank his daughter, Jesse, for coming in. Thank you. Poor Jesse, girl. you've got yeah. your brothers that are playing hockey, you know, after watching your dad. You know, I, what's your relationship with your brothers? How how often do you communicate with them? And, you know, how many games do you get to go to? Um, well, I'm really close with them. We talk almost every day. I don't get to go to too many games because they're pretty far away in Moncton. But I did get a chance to go out a couple weeks ago when they were in Drummondville. So I got to see a couple games for a weekend. Fantastic. And, and Jess, what are you doing these days? I just graduated in December. I'm just bartending right well, now. Well, I don't think it's just bartending for no, a lot no, of people. No, I like, like bartenders. <laughs> I love bartenders. Are you kidding me? <laughs> bartenders are an advanced degree Absolutely. and something he relies on very much so. So it's great. You know, we want to thank you once again, both of you, for coming into the studio. You know, Peter comes back um, and he plays once again with the Red Wing alumni. And speaking of that, you know, we've got a game in Brighton on March 5th. On March 13th, Eddie, um, Peter, are you coming back for the game for Michigan State? No, I'm not. Okay, Why March. Not? We need you then. Oh, yeah. by the way, let's speak about the Flint General game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I don't know if you Come want on, me we to have speak times? about it. Why not? We got the first star sitting here. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, you know what? It, the funny thing about that game is the game against Flint Generals, which was last week, uh-huh. the boys went down 4-1 to one relatively quickly. I uh-huh. mean, it was like a few minutes in, and we're looking going. Oh, what are you trying fun. to say? I didn't play well? No, I didn't even say that uh, you Yeah, well, you said to, right <laughs> off the bat of the game, you know I start. You did good. But you know what? I did Keep notice going. the goal was always scored, though, when Lauren once again was on the ice. It just it, That's your nemesis. If Lauren's on the ice, you're giving up a goal. No, he never scored against me. I'm not saying he did. I'm saying he was on the ice. Okay. 
So that's the uh, nemesis. But Peter scored six goals. He did score six goals. He scored a lot. Matter of fact, if you go on YouTube, one of the things we're doing this year is we're filming a lot of our games, which Eddie has been the play-by, uh, the color analyst for the play-by-play, and you're going to see more information coming out. We've got about five games that we've videoed and done with the play-by-play this year. So the Flint game ended up winning because of Peter, the number yes. one star. Because I got it, I got on his butt. Uh, you I know told what? him on the on the bench. I said, "Get your ass in gear." <laughs> it was Eddie and it was Mickey. Did you hear when Mickey started yes, chirping? Yes, Mickey started chirping too. He, he went, Mickey, all right, boys, let's go. You know, I'm kind of tired. Well, of we're losing there. We didn't. We had the safe face. It was four one, and then four two, and then five two, and then five three, five and then four. We took over. Right, and it was just about three minutes left in the game where Peter was like, "Get on my back, boys. I got it." Well, Peter woke up. <laughs> Wow. Again. So March 18th in Westland, March 19th in Hazel Park. Um, a couple other things we Did just want to mention the Kensington game, though, no, March 5th? Yeah, that, okay. in Brighton, Kensington Valley. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, we are initiating more on the memorabilia side. So you will see things coming from us on social media uh, regarding where you can purchase Red Wing alumni items. Once again, on Twitter, we're at Red Wing alumni. And on Facebook, you can find us at the Detroit Red Wing Alumni. Now, the other thing that we have going Friday night at 7 p.m. on Fox Sports Detroit, you are going to see the Detroit Red Wing Alumni versus the Colorado Avalanche Alumni, which we alluded to earlier. Um, If you're looking for autographs, Eddie Mio will be at Cicerelli's 22 out there in Shelby, maybe. We're, uh, We're still trying to hammer it out. That's where I think Eddie and I plan on watching the game. Um, if you am I getting paid? <laughs> Absolutely, I pay you to hang out with me. So we'll no, you continue. don't. <laughs> anyway, yeah, come on out and hang out at Cicerelli's. And then place. as as we go forward, if you have questions regarding the show, or if there's questions that you have, um, you can always send it to Newman N E W M A N at DetroitRedWingAlumni.com. And next show, we are going to talk. We promise once again with Todd Bidner from My Pro Hero. Um, who was prevented from coming in today due to the weather. And we are going to address um, the Joe Koser Foundation for Children. We'll have Joe in studio with members of the board. So that's it for Episode 3. Thanks again to Peter Klima. Thanks for Chris Draper for calling in. And, and of course, Jesse. And, of course, Jessica, the show producer. And, as always, last but not least, the co-host, Eddie Mio. <laughs> This is a previously recorded episode